You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Oge Ogwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. All right, say hi to three people around you and sit down. Let's get into God's word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, I want to do something um, this morning before um, I get into God's word. Praise the Lord. Um, so first of all, how many of you are aware that the Lord asked us to plant an expression of our church in the city of Abuja. Raise your hands. And um, for a couple of months now, Pastor Sheon Kolawali has been there, and she has been doing a good, good job. And um, no man or woman does anything worthwhile alone. We would always need the help and assistance of people around us. And so for that reason, Circle Church is also partnering with a couple of um, us who want to move to Abuja to go and join the work, all right? Um, First of all, they are not moving just because we sent them. They are moving primarily because um, um, they got a, a transfer at the place of work. But it also serves God's purpose because even with the transfer, um, they get to serve in Circle Church Abuja and contribute to the fulfillment of that plan. Is there anybody named Michelle? Do I have anybody named Michelle? First name or middle name in the room? Michelle. Anyone like that? Michelle. Anyone like that? Okay. All right. So, um, for that reason, everything I was saying before, um, Michelle. For that reason, um, we have Prince Will and his wife. They will be moving to Abuja this week. For those of you that don't know Prince Will and his wife, please could you stand up, Prince Will and I became. First of all, do you guys love them? All right, so they'll be moving to Abuja this week. And... um, we, we just want to, as a family, as a church, do um, a small send forth for them. Sit down, please. Do a small send forth for them. So if you could just stretch your hands in their direction and just speak a word of prayer into this new phase of their lives. It's not easy relocating to any city. It's not easy relocating to another city, especially as a married couple. It's not that easy to make that relocation. So if you would just stretch your hands towards them and do a a, a type of prayer for them. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we know that this is your plan, your children are at the center of your will for their lives. And Lord, we just pray that you will make this move 
as smooth as possible in the name of Jesus. And you just grant them ease in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Also in Circle Church, we, we don't just pray for people and ask them to go and figure life out. That's not the very fair thing to do. Amen. Yeah, we don't just pray for people and ask them to go and figure life out. Um, we try our best to um, give for them and partner with them to go out. As a church, we already partnered with them during the week to, you know, contribute to the expenses. The expenses are just going up. I mean, they're going to have to rent a new apartment. They're going to have to move what they have in their current apartment all the way to Abuja, they're going to have to settle down, you know, over there. And so we contributed in our own small way, and trust me, what we contributed is not in any way enough. But I want to crave your indulgence as a church today to also contribute now. You know, just give something. It can be 500 or 1,000 Please, if you have more than that, do more than that. But give something towards... Their, their, their travel and their move just to make sure that they don't get there and then um, the devil now begins to choke them because of lack. All right. So I didn't, I didn't give the media team this, but I don't know if you can type it out and let it up, put it up on the screen. It's the Stambik IBTC account. So for those of you who have been here long enough, there was a time Circle Church used to use a Stambik IBTC account that was a joint account between Pastor David and Pastor Ada. We no longer use that account, but whenever we have to raise money like this for a special thing, we usually raise money into that account. I don't know if the account details are on the screen yet, um, but the account details are 00300 That is 00300 Six, one. That's a Stambik IBTC account. The account name should be David and Adeze because it was a joint account between Pastor David and my wife. Then and we used it to run the church finances before we got the church account. The account details 00300333361. That's the account. Why are we not giving you Prince's accounts directly? Well, because we didn't ask him for his accounts before this. All right, we didn't really tell him that we were going to be asking you to give, but just doing this out of, you know, love and family because we love one another. This money is going to go directly to him and it's not going to be used by the church for anything else but them. So please give as the Lord has blessed you and be a part of what we're doing. Understand that this is also a way you partner with Circle Church Abuja. I mean, if you are partnering with us to send... Um, trained men and women to Circle Church Abuja, then um, you're also partnering with the spread of the gospel in that way. Praise the Lord. So, account details are on the screen. I'll ask for the last time. Is there anybody named Michelle? Or you have a family member named Michelle? What's that? Your, your niece is named Michelle. No. That's not who I'm looking at. I'm, look, I'm looking at an elderly person. Not elderly, but grown-up person. But it's fine. It's, it's fine. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get into the teaching of today. Let's get into God's Word. Do you love God's Word? You ought to. Do you love the Bible? 
I'm only hearing this side of the church, so I'm going to move over there. Maybe because I was standing there. Do you love God's word? Yes, sir. All right. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. Thank you because in the beginning was the word and the word was his God and the word was God. And the same was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And that light shines in darkness and darkness comprehended it not. We pray, Father, that as your word is taught today to shine in the dark corners of our hearts and bring illumination in the name of Jesus. The word dwelt amongst men and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Father, we pray that as your word is taught today, we will behold Jesus as you would have us see him in the name of Jesus. As your word is taught today, Jesus is glorified and we are edified. In Jesus' name I've prayed. In 1 Kings chapter 13, 1 Kings chapter 13, a story is told of two prophets. One was a younger prophet. Can I have someone on the keys, please? One was a younger prophet. Pastor Dan, please stay. Someone else. One was a younger prophet, and one was an older prophet. And the younger prophet had just gone to um, place some well-needed curses on Judah because of Jeroboam's actions. Jeroboam had done what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and it wasn't like he was placing curses as much as he was proclaiming judgment on Judah, you know. And he had finished, and he had done this powerful thing in Judah, and he was walking back home. And the Spirit of the Lord told him to not eat anywhere until he gets home. How many of you know the story I'm telling? It's not a very common story, but if you, if you read your Bible, you would find it. 1 Kings 13. And this guy didn't eat. But then, an older prophet had heard. The older prophet was living in Judah. And the older prophet had heard what the younger prophet did. And so the older prophet was moved to spite. And so the older prophet asked his sons, where's this young prophet? And they said, oh, he's heading home towards so-and-so place. So the older prophet quickly rushed and packed some things. And ran and waylaid this younger prophet on the road. And he asked the younger prophet, great man of God, I pray you, come to my house and have some food. And the younger prophet said to the older, of older prophet, the, the Lord has asked me not to eat until I get home. And the older prophet said, am I not a prophet too? I'm telling you, come and eat. And the younger prophet abandoned the instruction of the Lord and went home and ate. And the Bible tells us that as they were eating, the older prophet began to prophesy because he was still a prophet. In spite of his wickedness, he was still a prophet. So he began to prophesy. And he said to the young man, I thought said the Lord, because you have disobeyed his instructions, because you have gone against his rules, he says, as you are going home, you will die. And so the younger prophet left the place. And the Bible says that as he was heading home, a lion came out of the bush and killed him. Oh, but, but that was unfair. The older prophet was a prophet too. Why didn't God punish him? Here's why. God didn't give him the instruction. I told you that story to highlight something to you. That all the instructions that God gave you in the past are still valid. Irrespective of new revelation. Do you hear me? 
The covenants you had with God in the past are still valid, irrespective of what you think you now know. Because we're doing a teaching series and it's titled Success Systems. And I was going to talk to you about principles of success today, talk about consistency and all of those things. And the Holy Ghost told me, no, you must talk about this one first. You see, because many of us don't understand that many times true success lies at the end of obedience to God's covenants and instructions. And so when we live in disobedience to the covenants and instructions, the, the way the New Testament puts it is this way, that he that breaks the hedge, the serpent will bite. Not as a punishment, but as a consequence. Do you know the difference? I've taught you the difference, haven't I? Not as a punishment, but as a consequence. And there's a teaching I want to do this morning that I don't think I have ever done this explicitly in Circle Church before. I've touched on it several times in different other teachings, but I want to dedicate a teaching to it now. And it is the law of sowing and reaping. I know you are Christocentric. I know that you've heard about grace before. And now you know all Greek and Hebrew, and you can dissect the Bible from left to right, front to back, Top to bottom, but guess what? There are spiritual laws that will never be broken. Doesn't matter how much you now know. And this is why, in your quest for knowledge, you must be sure to not throw the baby with the bathwater. You must be careful to balance. In the Bible, there's nothing as sowing and reaping. You lie. It is not the way we have been taught it. Do you understand? But it's there. And if you neglect it, listen, if you neglect it, like that young prophet, you will bear the consequences of neglecting it. The devil has successfully convinced our generation that there's no such thing. Don't give. No, no sowing and reaping. And I'm not even talking about money today. I'm not talking primarily about money today. I'm talking about something else. But I'm, uh, let me pass this route to get there. What do you mean by sowing seed? There's no such thing as sowing seed. Just pray. Love God. And God is looking at you and God is saying, I, I didn't teach you that though. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Listen, the old instructions and guidance still matter. Hallelujah. The old instructions and guidance still matter. Until God tells you to go another way. Keep going in the direction you last heard him ask you to go. Do you hear me? Yes. 
until God asks you to go in another direction. Maintain the first cause. But pastor, I'm not seeing any results. Stop obeying for the sake of results. Start obeying for the sake of obedience. Many of you don't realize what it means that you gave your life to Christ. When you're giving your life to Christ, I said, do you accept him as your Lord and personal Savior? You say, yes, I do. I surrender all. And then God says, I want you to go this way. And you say, no, Lord. Do you know how... Do you know that's an oxymoron? You can't say no, Lord. You know what it means when you call someone Lord? That person has absolute control over you. So when the person says jump, you don't say no, you say how high. Do you understand? Yeah. Keep moving in the direction of God's last instruction and covenant with you until he comes up with another one. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6. Are you there? It says, in the morning, sow thy seed, and in the evening, withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. He says, in the morning, sow your seed, and in the evening, don't withhold your hand. Because you don't know which one will prosper. Many of us don't understand that in this earth that we walk on, there are decisions or there are results that are beyond our efforts. Do you understand? See, let me pray an important prayer for you. May you not live only on the reward of your efforts. Because the reward of your efforts will never be enough. How much effort do you want to put in? Do you know there are areas you don't even know you need to put effort in? He says, in the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, withhold not your hand. And please, 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 when I'm talking about seed, don't think money yet. Take your mind away from money. Amen. I'm going to tell you what these seeds are. He says, in the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, withhold not your hand. He says, because you don't know whether one will prosper and the other will not. Or whether both of them will prosper alike. In Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10 
It says, for as the rain cometh down. Is it on the screen? For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth um, not thither, but watereth the earth, and making it bring forth and bud, that it may give what? Seed to who? And what? You have to determine which one you are. Because you must realize, it is the same rain that is falling. And it is bringing forth produce from the earth. But that produce that is brought forth can either be to some seed or to others bread. Listen, another important prayer. May you not eat the seed that you should sow. Do you understand? Because you must decide which one you are now. Are you a sower or are you an eater? If you don't learn the principle of sowing and reaping, success will always be so close to you, but you will never hold it. You have many issues of, ah, I was almost there. Oh, I don't know what happened. Many. He says, he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. What is this seed that I've been talking about? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 36 to 38. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Ancient words ever true. Changing me changing you we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words impart ancient words ever true changing me and changing you I have come with an open heart. Oh, let the ancient word. First Corinthians 15, 36 to 38. Are you there? It says, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except to die. I'm going to teach you a couple of things about seed sowing from these verses of scripture. Verse 37. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. And it says, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath done what? And it says, and every seed his own body. In context, Paul was teaching about the resurrected body. In context. However, he highlights an important principle of seed sowing. Couple of things you should note. Number one, the seed is not usually in the similitude of the produce. Do you understand this? When you want to sow oranges, do you take a full orange and put it in the ground? What do you sow? 
Do orange seeds look like orange? Ah. When you want to sow watermelons, do you put a full watermelon in the ground? What do you sow? Does a watermelon seed look like a watermelon? Listen, in fact, you will barely find fruits. Which seeds look like the fruits? So let me tell you something you don't understand. That when it comes to the spiritual principle of sowing and reaping, many times the seed you would need or require to sow to get a particular kind of result will not look like the result. Do you hear me? So, dead the idea that it must be money. If I want to get more money from God, I will sow money to get... Mm, no. Praise the Lord. Number two, Paul says, he says, after you have sown the seed, God will give it the body that he pleases. Do you hear me? God will give it the body that he pleases. So, when it comes to supernatural success, we don't define what that success will look like. All we do is that we steward faithfully every resource and opportunity that God has given to us. And God will give that opportunity a produce that he pleases to give it. But guess what? We can trust that his thoughts for us are thoughts of good and not of evil to give us a future and a hope. Which means that the, the corresponding produce that will come from what God pleased to give you will be good for you. This is the principle of sowing and reaping. Do you hear me? The seed many times does not look like the fruit. So we've taught it wrong all along. Oh, are you looking for money? Go and borrow money, plenty money, and then come and sow it in the church and the Lord will bless you. No. The Bible says when you give, it says, give willingly. It says, not grudgingly or out of a necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. So God doesn't like the kind of giving that is done in order to receive something. Do you hear me? Ah, he doesn't like it. It's self-defeating, therefore, to say, if I want to receive much from God, I have to go and borrow money, sow a seed, and collect money. So that's not what I'm teaching you today. What I'm teaching you is that deceit can be lying around. Look at Esther's story. Observe Esther's story. I think since this year began, I've been fascinated by her story. A, a couple of bad things have been happening everywhere. And then the Bible says, you know, the way Esther's story began is highly unrelated so how it ended. There was a beauty pageant. Beauty pageant. And Esther went for the beauty pageant. And just so you know, because there's this misconception many of you have, that Esther was an upright person. She really wasn't. Oh. I hope you know. Esther wasn't an upright. She wasn't a strong believer. Do you get me? Let me tell you how I know. Number one. 
you know how the king, the Bible will tell us that the queens, the beauty pageant people, the contestants, they will dress up, they will make up, and then spend one night with the king. What do you think they were doing that night? What do you think they were doing with the king that night? You think Esther went there one night to the king was vigil, father, today? Do you think that's what she was doing? No. The entire idea was to go and sleep with the king in order to impress him to marry you. That was how Esther became queen. Praise God. Am I saying you should go and sleep with no? I'm trying to point something out to you. She wasn't the most upright person there was. You, you read Esther's story and you don't see anything said about her uprightness or her righteousness. No. But Esther knew something. Or Esther had people around her that knew something important. Because when um, Mordecai started to harass the people of Israel, no, Haman rather, Haman started to harass the people of Israel. And then he wanted to kill and do and undo and everything. And it was getting bad. Esther ran to her uncle Haman, um, Mordecai. And Mordecai said, I will pray. You go and pray, but I don't know. But I, I, I guess you were born for such a time as this. It means that the opportunity was the seed. Her actions was her cultivating the seed. So the result was the freedom of her people. Are you getting what I'm saying? If she did nothing with that seed, if she ate that seed, nothing would have happened. Her people would have been destroyed. Are you following Ah, uh, yes, I want you to follow. Many of you don't realize it. The seeds that God has given to you to cultivate, listen, take advantage of them. If you are a spiritually sensitive person, there's some things you will just learn. So, you just find out that people feel comfortable coming to tell you about their problems. And then you're not saying, ah, did they write it on my head? You don't understand that God is giving you a seed. Well, he's giving you an opportunity to help these people. He's putting it in your hand. Sow that seed. Sow it. Sow it. Stop eating it. They will come and tell you, help me. You have, you have, even if it's a small, say, I don't have much. But this little that I have, take, let, let's see how far it goes. It might not be money. It might be help in some other way. Sow that seed. Do you hear me? We, we too very quickly eat what we should plant. Too quickly, we, we are too quick to consume what we should be planting. Some of you, the seed that God has put in your hand is time. And you don't understand, Kai, I weep for my generation. You finished NYSC a year, uh, month ago. 
and you are at home praying, Father, I need a job. Father, I need a job. Father, I need a job. And you have time. But you have never once sat down to ask yourself, this time that I have, what can I use it to do? There are many instances for you to volunteer around you. Because that's the interesting thing. When God puts seed in your hand, he will put the environment around you for that seed to grow. You must then be wise enough to plant the seed. He won't plant it for you. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, God gave you time. But instead of you to plant the time and reap a harvest later, what you were crying about was, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job. And the time that God put in your hand was wasted. And so, all the instances where you should have volunteered. Some of you, it's not time. It's opportunity to volunteer. He just opens a door for you. Kapatakoria. He opens a door for you. And the door, he, he, they, they tell you, we can't really pay you. We can't take care of your lunch in the office. Or we can do X, Y, Z things. But please volunteer. Now, you look at it. It's not really taking anything from you. You can volunteer there and nothing will happen to you. You say, come on. I know they are making money. They just want to use me. You need to be wise. So you leave that opportunity and you go and start a job somewhere where they are paying you 100K. What you don't know is that the end of that volunteering could have been God opening doors to you in places you could have never dreamt of. May you not only live by the reward of your efforts. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some of you, you know exactly what I'm telling you. Some of you, you look at your life now and it's like a dream. How, how am I here? How did I meet this person? Then you think back and you, you realize God just gave you an opportunity that you cultivated. See, take this thing seriously. Don't be, don't, don't give up what is a genuine spiritual principle for a new creation reality. It is true. And like I've done, I just balanced it out. Anybody that comes to tell you, and, I, and God, uh, Isaac sowed in the land, and he reaped a hundredfold. If you sow, you are a fruitful field, you reap hundred times what you sowed. They've lied to you. Because it's not necessarily money you will sow to reap money. At that times, this is another one that many of our people in our generation, God will help you. At that times that the Holy Spirit will instruct you specifically, carry this money and go and put it here. Our parents understood this thing. Us, we know too much. And we are poor. I said, you are too broke to be disobedient. You are poor, God is giving you instructions, you are not listening. There will be times when the Holy Spirit will ask you, take all this money. Take it as a seed, drag it. Because one of the things Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 15 is that for the seed to produce, it must die. It must die. You will never sow that seed with joy. Like it will never be nice leaving you. Do you hear me? Ah, there will be times when the Holy Ghost will give you instructions and you say, are you sure? 
There are some instructions you will hear. When you first hear, you say, get thee behind me, Satan. Get out. I cut every spirit of lack pursuing me from my father's side and my mother's side. In the name of Jesus, die. But it's the Holy Ghost. And many people don't understand that what the Holy Spirit is doing is that he's setting you up spiritually for a better operation. Because I taught you something last week. Life is spiritual, is that correct? We know that the things that are seen do not come from what is seen, but what is unseen. Do you get it? So many times, before the success is manifested in the physical, there must be a spiritual foundation for that success to happen. This thing I'm teaching you is very important. Is part two to the secret of favor. Some people, you see them, you just say, this person is just favored. I don't understand how God is opening all these doors. What you don't see is all the seeds that they sowed in the past. And it looks like, oh, they got to this position and God was just opening doors for them. No, not really. They took advantage of opportunities that God presented in the past. And those opportunities, when they, when they sowed the seed, they didn't see any immediate results. Because when you plant oranges, they don't grow the next morning. Amen? Uh, they take time. Many times you will forget. I remember when I was younger, in, in elementary science, they asked us to plant beans. How many of you did that in primary school? You were asked to plant beans. So I got this bottle, cut it in half, put some sand inside, put the beans inside, and put a stick inside, and forgot. You know, I forgot it. Until one day, I came out to the backyard and there was a vine wrapping around the stick. And they were like, ah. Oh, so this is the beans. Many of you, you don't realize that God doesn't want you to walk into the future blind. So what he's doing is he's giving you opportunities now to send resources into the future. The issue is you are eating, you are eating the seed, you are eating it. So when you get there, it will look like God has left you alone. Hi, I want you to learn this thing. So when you see such people, you start to think to yourself that God is partial. God loves this person more than me. Until you begin to hear their consecration. Do you hear me? You begin to hear the things they do for God. And you're like, ah, it makes sense. <laughs> Life is spiritual. Not everything has, not everything is physical. Not every result you will reap comes from physical effort alone. There has to be spirit. Listen. Sometimes this seed is a call to a season of prayer. Ah. I wish we would understand how important and powerful that is. That God calls you to a season of prayer. He just tells you, take some time out to pray. You know what's funny? You took the time out to pray and nothing happened immediately. Make no mistakes. You are stuffing into your future resources. So, raise your hand if ever in your prayer time 
the Holy Spirit asked you to pray a strange prayer that was unrelated to anything you were going through at that time, but you were praying it for yourself, and then months later, years later, weeks later, you begin to see, oh, this is why the Holy Ghost asked me to pray. Raise your hand if that has ever happened to you before. If at the time he was calling you to pray and you were busy eating your seed, instead of you to go and pray, you say, I'm tired, I just want to rest. You are in trouble. Our generation, we need to wake up. Oh. We need to wake up. The Holy Ghost will put it on your heart. He will be staring your heart. I want you to pray in the midnight, midnight prayer. You say, then you now start asking, must he be in the middle of the night? Can't the Holy Ghost hear? He that he asked you to pray in the does he not know that he can hear you any time of the day? He asked you to wake up and pray. I say, must he be in the middle of the night? That we need to, then you will now form a whole sermon around it. That we need to break this idea that it's in the midnight that God hears our prayers the most. Hallelujah. We must know. He lives in us. When you're shouting, the Holy Ghost is just looking at you. Oh God, pray in the middle of the night. Pray. This thing I'm teaching you is a big secret in my life. The fact that many things that I'm enjoying today, I know for a fact I didn't work for them. Many of them are results of seeds sown in times past. Bishop David Oyedepo will always share his story. Something that happened between him and the great Archbishop Benson Idahosa. I think Bishop Oyedepo was in Lagos. Archbishop was in Benin. Or Bishop David was in Ilori. Archbishop was, he was sad not in the same place. And the Archbishop called him and said, I want to see you tomorrow. And then the Bishop got up and drove all the way down. And he was there by the next morning. And the archbishop said, you came? He said, from now, before you ask for anything, it will be given to you. Many people don't value those types of prayers. You don't know what it does for you. Because I know for a fact that prayers, especially blessings of other people, have a way of changing the narrative for you. I can trace key moments in our ministry to particular prayers prayed. There was a particular time. As at this time, we were, if you would remind me, when we were at Forever Friends, it was the entire Circle Church Global. We were like eight people. We would come for service. Now, um, the people that were in church were myself, my wife, when, then we were not married. Pastor David, Pastor Dan, um, Pastor, um, Pastor T, Chooks, and Jason. And then sometimes Vanessa and Oinda. When Oinda comes, Oinda is out of the country now. When Oinda comes, Oinda was the very first member of Crested Worship ever. When she comes, she will lead worship. And that would be it. But you see all these people I've mentioned now, except my wife. My wife is perfect. She can do no wrong. But every other person I mentioned... Loki, including my wife, cannot really sing. 
My wife can sing to an extent. Amen. Amen. But there's anointing and annoying things. So there's a way you will sing. It's not my wife I'm talking about. I can't do the what? No. And so the occurrence we had was that we would gather for service. And then maybe one of the pastors will lead the opening prayer. Then I would come up and lead worship. And by the time I'm done leading worship, I would drop my guitar or I would drop the microphone and then open the Bible, we'll pray, and then I will now start preaching. We'll finish praying, I'll preach, I'll take offering, we'll wrap service up and go. And one day I was sitting down in some place and the Holy Spirit showed me a man. He just brought the man's name to my mind. I'd heard about him before, never interacted with him before. And the Holy Spirit told me, I want you to go for his meeting. So I went for the man's meeting. And the man looked at me and he said, you, you are a pastor. I said, yes. I said, get up. He said, I know that you sacrificed a lot to come here because I did. The meeting was not in Lagos. He laid hands on me and he said, from today, I bless you with the gift of men. And then we started experiencing something in our church. If somebody gets up and leaves a position, somebody else will fill that position before we ask. From that day, for a long time, we were looking for who would do this, who would do this, who would... Before long, there were many. You must... All because the Holy Spirit said, get up, travel, go for this meeting. And I went. There's another whole story behind how I eventually went for the meeting. Listen, those instructions that you have neglected hold within them the key to the life you have been, trying, you have been praying for. So many times, the problem is not that God is not listening to you. The problem is that you are not obedient. Because if you will be obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? I want you to revisit all the instructions. Towards the end of last year, you came for camp meeting. The Holy Ghost gave you instruction one, instruction two. People gave you words. And then after camp meeting this year, people have given you words and instructions. Revisit them. Revisit them. Obey. Stop eating your seed. When it is time to sow, sow. Because those who do not sow, when it is time to sow, will weep when others are harvesting. They'll start to wonder to themselves, does God hate me? Does God have favorites? Whereas, what you don't know, I've always said it. I I learned this from my pastor and it's very true. What many people look for in miracle services, what many people look for in prayer meetings, what many people look for in sowing, what many people try to obtain by long hours of prayer, a man of consecration will get cheaply. Do you hear me?
a man of consecration will get cheaply. So maybe the issue is not that God is not listening to your prayers. Maybe the issue is that God has given you seeds that you refuse to sow. And if you don't sow, you will not reap. And this is the funny thing. If you make a habit of eating all your seeds, you will compound your problems in the future. They will be compounded. Because where do you now begin from and begin to rectify the problems from? The woman that you should have married, when God gave you that seed, you ate it. Where you should be walking, when God gave you that seed, you ate it. The car you should be driving, when God gave you that seed, you ate it. Oh, in church, he, and the opportunities, when God gave you the seed for those opportunities, you ate the seed. Another funny thing is this. When you are faithful with one seed, it gives you the opportunity and the ability, the resources to be faithful with others. It is easier to plant in the season of planting when you already have what to eat. Is that correct? Yes, but before you have what to eat, there will be a period where you will have to make sacrifices. So that thing that I'm supposed to eat now, 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 because there's nothing else to plant, I will plant it and be hungry for a while. When that thing grows, it will bring forth much fruit. Out of the plethora of fruits that it has brought forth, I can take one and plant, but I still have a lot to eat. This is what many of you don't understand. That because you are consistently eating the things that you should be planting, when it is time for you to, when you now decide to get serious, you don't have what to plant. Let me say it in another way. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you wished that you had the resources to take care of the problem, but you don't? Many times the problem is that the resources would have been made available if you planted an earlier seed. And make no mistakes. This is a part of it. Like I said, money is not all of it, but money is a part of it too. Did you hear what I'm saying? Your parents call you, tell you we have this problem at home. Every time they call you to tell you that there's a problem, you always don't have. Even when you have money, you don't have. They will say, Kai, mommy, if you had called me two, two days ago, mommy, would have solved this problem. But you have. You don't realize that God is giving you an opportunity to sow a seed. Sow that seed. Sometimes the issue is not even money. The issue is just go home and be with your parents. Sow the seed. Do you hear what I'm saying? Church will come up and say, we have so-and-so projects to run. Give as the Lord has blessed you. You are supposed to give as the Lord has blessed you. Where you are, the Holy Ghost is nudging you. Give everything, give everything. And you are there saying, ah, no now. Other people will give too. The Holy Ghost is not asking you to give everything. Because if you don't give everything, the resources will not come. Let me teach you a principle about church. God is able to raise stones if you refuse to praise him. Do you hear me? 
If the people within the church refuse to fund the project, he will bring people from outside. I've seen it happen. Praise the Lord. So many times, when God is nudging you like that, it's not really for the church, it's for you. Do you hear? It's for you. When God is sending people to you with their problems, it's not really for them. It's for you. I want you to cultivate that mentality now. Do you understand? So when, when somebody comes to meet you, say, I have a problem. I'm not telling you to f- solve everybody's problem. You can't. But there are people around you, you, you look around you and you think, okay, if I move this and I move this, I should be able to squeeze something out for this person. When it is time, you squeeze that thing out. You say, God, thank you for the opportunity to give this thing. You give it. Let it go. Knowing full well that tomorrow, it will come back to bless you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know that's in the New, it's in the book of Acts. It's Paul that said it. I like that it is Paul that said it because there's no gymnastics you want to walk. It is more blessed to give than to do what? Because the ones who are always receiving, they're eaters. All they do is eat, eat, eat. It's the ones who give that sow. New Testament giving, listen, New Testament giving must not be coerced. Do you get me? New Testament giving must be done because we understand the nature of God, the love of God, and we understand that that's the nature we have. So we just give. And guess what? God blesses your giving. Not just to church, to the poor, to the needy. God blesses your giving. I've said it here before. Cornelius was praying. An angel appeared before Cornelius and said to Cornelius, your arms have ascended to God as a memorial. What memorial are you building before God? When it's your turn, God will look at you and say, it's my stingy daughter. Your arms have ascended unto God as a memorial. In our church, under Christian lifestyle, under devotion, giving comes under devotion and Christian lifestyle. Because if you don't make it a habit and a part of your devotion, hey, God, Jesus. There's a scripture I want to read to you people. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Proverbs chapter 11. This is one of my favorite ones on this subject. Proverbs 11, 24 to 26. Changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words in. 
Can I get this scripture in the HCSB? I want to make sure everybody can read it plainly. Everybody read Proverbs 11, 24 together. One, two, go. One person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. Next verse. He says, a generous person will be enriched, and the one who grieves a drink of water will do what? Verse 26. People who curse anyone who hurt, people will curse anyone who hurts grain, but a blessing will come to the one who. He says, "There's one who gives and gains more, but there's the one who withholds what is right." Take note. He didn't say there's one who withholds. Full stop. Because there are some things that are right to give. Amen. When the Holy Ghost is, is, is nudging your heart, give this person this car. Give this person this cloth. Give this person this thing. And no, you are withholding what is right. He says, only to become... Take note that they were not poor when they were withholding. Do you get it? They became... Is this in your Bible? <laughs> Set and one new creation realities. There's no such thing. Look at it. He says, one who gives. You must learn this thing. Let me tell you, there are two angles to what, is he, what this person is saying. The first is this. He explains himself, verse 25. He says, a generous person will be enriched, not necessarily by God. People give to people who give. Do you hear me? People who give, people who help people will often not find themselves without help. Maybe once in a while, there may be situations where nobody can help them. But many times, people who help people will receive help when help is needed. So he says, a generous person will be enriched and the one who gives a drink of water will receive water. Sow your seed, stop eating it. Next verse. He says, people will curse anyone who hoards grain. But these same people will bless those who sell it. Of course, by sell, there is not necessarily talking about selling, but those who can give it. Wake up! You are, you are too... You know, stinginess is a sign of greed. It's a mark of Greed. I'm, I'm, I'm still talking about sowing and reaping, but a part of sowing and reaping is giving and receiving. I've talked about the part of sowing and reaping that is not necessarily giving material things. Amen. Amen. I've talked about the part of sowing and reaping that is your time, that is your resources, situations, circumstances that God has given to you that you must steward right. There is that part. But there is a part of sowing and reaping that is giving and receiving. I've told you this before. The number one rule of favor is that God's resources will go in the direction of God's plan. Is that correct? So let me tell you something. By default, those who are more concerned with the things of God will have the resources to fund the things of God. And it's not that funny thing we always do. Where we insult God by thinking he doesn't see our hearts. Where we say, God, 
try me with one million. If you give me one million now, the gospel will feel the impact and God is looking at you. Uh, is it not you? I know you. You know what's funny? The Bible tells us that he who, he who is faithful in little is not will be. Not will be. He who is faithful in little is, is, is faithful in much. So before God, how you stewarded 1,000 naira is how you steward 1 million naira. Amen. Amen. How you took care of 500 naira is how you will take care of 500 million. So when you are saying, God, test me, try me with 1 million, they will hear it. God is looking at you. I gave you 5,000 naira. How much did you give to church? How much of that did the gospel feel? Is the Lord. Learn what I'm teaching you. One major principle of success for the believer is sowing and reaping. And in sowing and reaping, there is giving and receiving. You must learn both. You must learn how to steward resources. The major principle of sowing is that you steward resources right. You steward opportunities right. When God brings situations and circumstances around you, you steward it right. Of all the things in church, the Holy Spirit begins to draw your attention to one particular thing. Why is this thing like this? Why, whenever you notice, and I'm, I'm using church because the context is church now, right? It's not just for church. It can be your marriage. It can be your family. It can be in the office. Once you notice it, start planning to do something about it. Do you understand? Don't have an attitude that complains. And let me tell you something. I've told you before. You don't really need money all the time. Even if you don't have the money to do something about it, you can go and start talking to people that, Pastor did not send me to do this. Or the boss did not send me to do this. But can we, can we put something together to solve this problem? It's not nice the way it looks. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit is like, yes. A person who understands how to steward resources right. But many people will sit there and complain and complain and complain. And you're not, bring, you're not really solving it. You are eating your seed. And like Esau, you will sacrifice what is eternally significant for a very short period of pleasure and self-aggrandizement. You sacrifice what is eternally useful for a very small period of self-nourishment or self-love. Praise the Lord. Another one the Holy Spirit brought to mind. He will call you. Or you see online an initiative that you can benefit from, or not necessarily, you can be a part of. And instead of you to give yourself to it, you sit down and say, what's in it for me? 
listen, there is a description Paul gives to people like that. He says their God is their belly. Do you hear me? And this was the end of the conversation. He says food for the belly, belly for the food. He says both of them will be destroyed. I want you to start thinking in terms of eternal relevance. Stop thinking about what was in it for me. Now that we go chop. Hallelujah. I, I need you to wake up, oh. Start thinking in terms of eternal relevance. How? How? May you not eat what you should sow. In Jesus' name. May you not eat what you should sow. Some people, the Lord gives you a relationship with somebody. Not necessarily romantic. He just opens up a door for you to meet someone. Ladies, he will open up a door for you to meet a particular guy. Guys, he will open up a door for you to meet a particular woman. But because you cannot keep your emotions in check, you eat that seed. Before two weeks, you are in a situation, you are just in nonsense in the middle of the night. Three months later, it has scattered. And who God would have used to help you, you have thrown the relationship in the bush. I'm no longer talking to him. Then after saying that nonsense, you now turn and say, God, can you not see that I'm going through? And God is looking at you like. I said this um, two Wednesdays ago. God opens up a relationship for you. Somebody that is well-to-do comes into your life. And the first thing you think of is ask a person for money. Say, Chama, Odogu. And you know what's funny? The person will give you that money. And when the person gives you that money, the person will now say, he or she is like every other person else who all they want from me is money. And they will give you a distance. And God intended for that relationship you share with that person to be so close, such that the rooms where the person enters, you can now enter freely. But you sacrificed that on the altar of a short moment of pleasure. How much did they give you? 5K, 10K. And then all the glorious destiny that God puts in front of you like this, you treat away for 5,000 naira. You better learn how to not eat your seed. Learn how to not eat your seed. You, and listen, it's faithfulness. What I'm, if, if, if you can sum up everything I'm teaching you this morning in one word, it's faithfulness. That's what it is, faithfulness. Imagine if Jesus went to Peter's boat that morning and Peter was not there. He did not toil all night with his brother. And Jesus got to the boat and the boat was empty. Number one, Peter would not have caught that amount of fish that could change his life forever. But more importantly, Peter would not have been a, a disciple of Jesus. Do you realize that one decision to work hard the previous night, I mean at some point they must have thought to themselves that we're not, let's go home. The decision to remain faithful and stay there changed Peter's life forever. Do you know? Do you know? 
You need to understand something. The decision that we, and when Peter was telling his brother, or when his brother was telling Peter that let's not go home, let's stay here. None of them knew Jesus would come and ask them to follow them, follow him. None of them knew. The decision that would change your life, you won't know when you're making it. So make sure that everyone you make is good. Make sure that everyone you make is good. Some of you are too quick to burn bridges. To burn bridges. You say, me? I don't like nonsense. Once you just show me your true color, you are cancelled. And God is looking at you and he says, is that what I taught you? Relationships, Kai. May you not look back in regret and wish you didn't make some decisions you made. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, he will reap it. He will, if you sow to the flesh, you will reap from the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap from the spirit. If you sow in faithfulness, you will reap faithfulness. If you sow in laxity and carelessness, what you will reap is laxity and carelessness. So steward faithfully the resources that God has put. Do you hear what I'm, I'm teaching you this morning? Steward faithfully the resources that God has put in your hands. On a more down-to-earth note now, that is less spiritual note, get to the office on time. They give you a job. I know the pay is not good. I know that your boss is an annoying person, but that does not take away from your faithfulness. Do you hear me? It doesn't take away from your faithfulness. Get to the office on time. Get your work done properly. Be transparent. Steward it faithfully. You don't know what door God... You remember the first scripture we read that he says, he says, sow your seed in the morning. In the evening, do not withhold your hands because you don't know which one of them will prosper. In the end, it is God that chooses what the seed is going to look like when it produces. So the seed you think you are sowing for X, Y, Z, God is actually using it for one, two, three. Then the one you thought you were showing for one, two, three, because you didn't think one, two, three was very important. That one, God wants to use it for X, Y, Z, which you thought was very important. Now, the problem is, you did not steward this particular one that you thought was for this properly. And so, the thing is actually for, you will never see it work properly. Then the one that you thought was not important, God will not say, hey, that's the one you took seriously, so here you go. Father, in the name of Jesus, give me the wisdom to sow right, to steward right, to be faithful. Go ahead and pray. Pray seriously. Open your mouth and pray. The wisdom to sow it right, to steward it right, to be faithful. Let me not make mistakes. Let me not eat my seed. There is a time for everything. A time to plant and a time to reap. We have come with open hearts. 
Oh, let the ancient words impart Ancient words ever true Changing me and changing you We have come with open hearts Oh, let the ancient words In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we pray. Let wisdom guide us. Let's know what to do and when to do it. In Jesus' name. Let us not make decisions that will affect our lives negatively and unchangeably in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Here's something I want you to do for me. Go back and revisit every instruction God has ever given to you. If you don't used to write them before, start writing them now. Did you hear what I said? Yes. Write them down. Revisit them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the ones you haven't done, start doing them. The ones you started and you stopped, pick them back up. Praise the Lord. Pick them back up. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Are you blessed this morning? Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.